Before we get to today's episode, I wanted to take a minute of your time and tell you about an upcoming project of mine. Next month, Something New will be airing a live performance of my song cycle, Standalone, in its entirety. Yay! This will be the first time the piece has been performed in about four years, uh, with a cast that includes past podcast guests and directed by the one and only Billy Bustamante, also a podcast alum of note. While Standalone will be coming to you, dear listeners, for free, this is by no means a free endeavor. From booking rehearsal space, to photocopying sheet music, to scratching the surface of compensating my actors and musicians for their time and talents, it all adds up. So if you've ever considered clicking that little PayPal donate link on my site's podcast page, this is a really good time to do it. From the bottom of my heart, I humbly thank you for your support. Welcome and thank you for joining Something New, a musical theater podcast where I, Joel B. New, invite an exceedingly talented friend over, we chat a bit, and then we learn and record a song from one of my latest projects, which we end up premiering right here for your listening pleasure. Today's guest artist is an actress, singer, teacher, and founding member of Core Artists Ensemble. Her New York theater credits include Two by Two at the York Theater with Jason Alexander, Martin Sharnin's Something Funny's Going On at 54 Below, Kate and Kiss Me Kate with the Staten Island Philharmonic, Emma the Musical at Nymph, and as Sandra Lee in Far Out at Manetta Lane. In other parts of the world, she's been seen in the Asia tour of The Sound of Music, as well as productions with the Kennedy Center, Main State Music Theater, Lyric Theater of Oklahoma, Greenbrier Valley Theater, the River Valley Repertory Theater, City Rep Theater, and Theater of New Canaan, where she earned a 2013 Broadway World nomination for Best Actress in a Musical. She has soloed in concerts at Joe's Pub, Ars Nova, and Lincoln Center Theater. Obviously, I'm talking about Tiffin Borelli. Tiffin Borelli, thanks for being on my show. Are you kidding? I've been dying to do this episode, and at long last we're here. I'm so excited. Um, how are you today? Oh, well, I'm great. I, I had a, a, a great full day in New York. Wonderful. I went to a reading of a, of yeah. a new show. Yeah. Uh, Any good? Which was great. And then, I, and then I had one of those auditions, you know? Just like one, just just an audition, or was oh, it a, a, like a good one? It was a good one for you know for a good thing. Okay. So fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Well, thank you for making time in your oh my God. in your New York was, day. Yes, I was looking forward to it all day. We're the finale. This yes, is the, fin- the this finale is it. of the day. Of, of the day. Yeah. A Friday. It is a Friday. Friday finale. I just realized that. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> uh, so I brought I br- I brought Tiff. Can I call you Tiff? On the, yeah, you yeah. Can call me Tiff. Yeah. Yeah, I brought That's Tiff. My name. <laughs> Part of it. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite part. Uh, I brought Tiff on the show today because not only she's just an incredibly talented performer and a dear, dear, dear friend, uh, but she's also a teacher and a founder of this core artist ensemble. Yeah. And I wanted to. You want to know about that? You I know, do. You, you don't, you don't I know. I know nothing. Yeah, a, a couple years ago, the um, it was a, a group in the advancing study class, but we started in the beginning class together, and uh, it was just this this group of 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 actors who just wanted to do a lot and a very special group, very, all of us very different in, in, in just, uh, our appearance and our, our choices of work. But together we all had in common this, this goal of, of wanting to just do work and do plays. And we were so hungry and we bonded. And then one day we all decided that we should start a company and we we had no idea what we were doing, um, but the Barrow Group had our back because they 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 were a fan of of our class as well, and they wanted to support our new 
idea. So basically, it's a company. Um, we're finding our way, but we have a, a summer reading series where we we commission for a bunch of new works, and then for six weeks we put them up in the at the Barrow Group with Barrow Group trained actors, and um, it's really fabulous. And then in October we'll do we'll pick the the top six and we'll we'll fully stage and um, perform these shorts in in a weekend uh, concert. I guess it's called a weekend performance. We're so we're so used to concerts, especially today. My my brain is. Um, So yeah, it's it's fabulous, and uh, so that's what we that's what we really do. We also do other evenings of shorts that are already published by other um, by other playwrights, and then occasionally the Barrow Group will will back a, a full staged production in their big theater for us. Which is also wonderful. That's fantastic. Yeah. How long has the group been together? We've been together for goodness about four years. It's wonderful. It's just yeah. you know I personally just wanted to study acting and and I ended up here and and just happened upon this wonderful new support group of people. Right. And is it all just actors? Just actors. Well, <laughs> I mean, you know, primarily but, um, actors, exclusively I actors. So I don't. Some of them. You know, some of them are dabble in like costume design. Some of them dabble in singing, or some of us do more than dabble in singing. But yeah. we all, some of them just do film and TV. So, so it's really great because we all have a strength outside of it. Mm-hmm. But when we're together, that's just what we do, and we're trained the same way, which is a very particular way at the Barrow Group. There's a book called Ninety Nine Bits of Craft, and. Um, that's basically their their structure for how they teach, and so it's we speak the same language when when we're rehearsing really for these scripts, and we're with these directors. Where we, it's very important to us that they speak that same language because that's that's our language. You know, it's these tools that are very simple and are not. It's not about thinking too much or being too emotional or going too deep, but it's just about tools to clarify the story. To clarify the story, to get you out of your head, and and to help tell the story—that's your job there. And these these simple little keys that sharpen everything. I went to uh, the Chorus Ensemble Facebook page today. Oh, did you? In preparation, and uh, and it says in your in your own mission statement, Core Artist Ensemble was founded upon the philosophy that the best acting technique it's is invisible, invisible. and the best storytelling is simple. Mm, that's yes, it's true. And all those little tools that are in the book, the 99 tools, which I take with me on every job I go on, whether it's, you know, musical theater or theater, it's just, it's just to, to, help, to help be you and tell the story. So who all is in this ensemble of people? Is, uh, how, how many about? Uh, well, so we started with, I believe, 13. Okay. So the 13 of us would you know, responsibly gather and I would host a lot of those meetings and then we've expanded so we goodness now we have probably about 20 and then um, occasionally for the reading series there there are parts because we have people of all ages and all sizes and just all types in our in our troupe uh, but occasionally there, there's a role that we don't have so uh, we will we will look elsewhere when we have to mm-hmm. and then if they have a good rapport with the group then they will do more, and, and then we recommend that they take a class with the Barrow Group, and then once that happens, then there's this whole signing-on process. Gotcha. Joining us. Is it similar to uh, the structure of, like, 
like a Steppenwolf type of company? Similar, very similar. Yes, okay. yes, yes. And so we're trying to, to find what we do best. Yeah. Uh, so, but we're finding this reading series is what we do best because there's so much work out there, especially in this city. So oh, yeah. ma- So many stories. And it's 10 to 15 minute uh, uh, plays that we ask for. And so, and so much can be told in, in that amount of time. Really, oh, yeah. so much. So it's a great way for us to be connected with the writers in in New York City. And so 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 many of us have because of that made these wonderful relationships with the playwrights. With playwrights and the directors that we bring in for uh, for these, you know, one guy in particular, John McKinney, who I love, I met him doing his play and he's a, you know, he's a voiceover casting director. So I go in all the time for that and it's it's just really good for us. But it's a lot of fun for us. And yeah, we, we fun. love each other. They were all at my wedding. I'm sure you saw them all there. That, that group, that fun group of people. That oh, that was know. them. <laughs> <laughs> but really, um, we just have a lot of life in us, and we, we want to do a lot. And it's another way to do that. Why do you think groups like this are so important in this field, like community in, in general? I well, think. I found when we come from our universities, we, we really have a group there, or we have our people there at least. Mm-hmm. And, and then we kind of move here and... We moved to Inwood, and we moved to Astoria, and we moved to Midtown, and it's really hard to have that that community sense because we're all sort of away. Just geographically. Yes, we are. And this, I found this for me, uh, to have that that constant of, especially when it started with the classes, uh, and then the rehearsal time out of the classes, and then after the classes we would meet for coffee if we could. It was really a community of, of really positive Good energy, hardworking, smart, hungry, uh, supportive, encouraging people, and who doesn't love that? You know, right. so that it—it's—it's it's like any show when you realize in a particular show it's a very special group of people. You know, sometimes it's just so special. I mean, it's always special, but sometimes it's just so special. And this <laughs> is just one of those times. So we—we we just couldn't deny it. So the reading series is here to stay for sure. And then we do shorts every fall. New shorts. Mm-hmm. New shorts. Um, I say new shorts. New shorts that are that are not new that are published. We do those and then we do the unpublished. And then our goal is to have two productions a year at the Barrow Group that, that they will put on. But that usually, usually depends on their availability. Right. And, um, you know, it has to be... They have to help agree with the piece with us. Uh, but usually space, definitely space. And if they have the funds that time around, it's because because space in New York is such a such a, yeah, a theater. It's a commodity for yeah, sure. It's huge. So yeah, I I would say this this reading series and then the the new short series and then the published short series and then two main stage productions. That's really what we're after. And we're mm-hmm. missing the two main stage productions right now. Because because we're all, of course, pursuing so many outlets, mm-hmm. that which is why we had to increase our size. Because, because we're all so in and out of the city, right? You know, because you're all working. Of course, which it's the, great, which, which is, is a wonderful, wonderful problem. Right. It's a wonderful. And then yeah. we have this thing um, on Sundays called the Core Workout, where we meet every Sunday, and we get to work on each other's sides, or we are reading a new play, or we we are talking. I mean, we, we're constantly. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's it's really wonderful for us. It's a support system. It helps keep you accountable, and it helps you constantly learning about 
new material and yourself and collaboration, which is what, what it's all about. I learned about another world. You know, it's almost like the opera and musical yeah. theater. Those are different worlds. And and this is a, another world. And and I, I knew I wanted to be a part of it. I, I learned just how certain musicals speak my language. Well, certain playwrights speak your language, like Teresa Rebeck. I love anything she writes. I just... I just, I'm. I know what I know. What that is, almost immediately. You can mm. figure everything out, but you know how they just speak to you. So, I I learned that, and I also when these people know you. And and the philosophy there at the school is that the best acting is invisible. You know they know you, and and they know what you look like in that scene. They help keep you accountable to be you in the scene, and to not have and not to not act. Yeah. To tell the story, and that's always nice to have people around who know who already know your potential. Yeah, who know your potential. You're and, true. And are that show up every weekend to see it. You know, you got to bring your potential. <laughs> you do. Yeah. And it's nice. It's it's nice. And what's coming up really soon? For the Core Artist Ensemble. Yeah. Right now, we're taking submissions for new plays. Mm-hmm. So uh, we will we will choose those. I believe it was by June fifteenth, and then June and July we will put up six weekends of several shorts. At least at least six uh, an evening, sometimes seven, depending on if we get them in. So that's at least thirty six new plays, short plays that that's we will crazy. be reading. Which is it's a lot of fun though. It's so much fun. And it's it's especially in the summer if if you're here, which I happen to not be here this summer. But it, when you are here, it it's so. It's such a wonderful way to spend the summer. And it's all donations, so you can come to the Barrow Group and see it, and it's, well, it's free. But you should donate something. You should. Because it's you so should. good. Yeah. It really is so good. I want to wind the clock back a little bit and talk about your background, because you're, you're an Oklahoma girl. Oh, yeah. Through and through. Of course. What do you think you bring of your Oklahoma heritage to New York and to, like, your life and to... You know, that's so interesting. I've been thinking about that. Well... It's something I love about the Oklahoma City Thunder team, actually. I was like, but but no, really. Doesn't the Thunder team just have so much more heart than the other teams? I was trying to have this conversation the other day. And someone was like, yeah, I know. Yeah, I think they, they do have heart. I'm like, but it's because they're Oklahoma. It's because they live in Oklahoma. Yeah. And that's what we have there. We are. We're like deep people who who really like love the land, who love nature, who who have really big hearts. And um, the, it's a really great place to live. And there's a lot of theater opportunities. And there's a lot of good teachers. So between all of that, you know, I, I, that's, that's what I think of when I think of Oklahoma. I think of this, this community that, always, that I could always find a place in and people who always felt a lot and were there for you and you know it's it's just all good things in Oklahoma and you've been a champion of new work for a very long time oh yeah I have I've done a lot of new work in the city goodness yes you have (laughs) Uh, let's see you know just obviously um, I've utilized uh, Tiff's talents and skills and patience with me uh, for a very long time but um I'm not the only one who's been fortunate enough to work with Tiff on new work. 
um, our dear friend Jay Allen Zimmerman. Jay Allen Zimmerman. Oh my goodness, I love him so much. I, do too. I was just emailing with him. Were you? Yes, I love him. Uh, yeah, no, I you know I like the. I, one of the first things I did here was a show in the and the Nymph Festival uh-huh. when it was pretty new, uh, and of course the Fringe Festival, and I one time did the West Village Musical Theater Festival. You know, it's all those those festivals where you can really, you can really create. You know, you you can't go on YouTube and and listen to how that goes. You just get to do it. Also at NYU, I I did a lot of uh, uh-huh. fair shows there. Of course, concerts, uh, Lincoln Center, those songwriting concerts. It's uh-huh. really, I love doing it. It's such an important part of of our life. I'd say it's like half of of the life. What's what's been published and what's, yeah. what hasn't. That's, yeah. they're equally rewarding and exciting. In addition to performing, you've also found yourself um, teaching quite a bit. Yeah, I, I, would say. I started teaching this fall. It fell into my lap. Both yeah. jobs did. Uh, so when that happens, I, I've learned that I should listen when things find me, mm-hmm. i.e. my husband or, <laughs> or, or jobs or, or groups of people. I, I've, I've learned when, I, when, it's, when it's something that if it, if it finds you and you're not seeking it, mm-hmm. you got to explore it. So I explored it, and I, I decided to sign up for it this, this year. Uh, and you know it's really good. It's great. I love it. I love. I love. Per, I prefer to do voice lessons one on one. I teach a couple of classes as well, but I I really love the one on one of of speaking with someone and and asking them all kinds of questions and knowing about where they come from and then and then hearing their instrument and then helping them communicate with that and it just it's just so rewarding and I it's like all these coffee dates that. That you get paid for, and you get to help someone sing, find themselves, you know, and fi- and become more confident and find themselves. And what's what's better than that? Well, I taught at Lyric Theater when I was getting my master's, and that mm-hmm. they had called me, and they were like, "We have like five <coughs> students," and I I said, "I can't." Oh no, I can't teach voice lessons. They said, well, "We think you can." So I said, "Okay, <laughs> all right, let me try." And you know another instance of something falling into your life. Yeah, exactly. I've I've really you know you, I've figured I've started to figure that out. So, so yeah, when it found me again, I I, you know I I I wanted to do that in New York, and I wanted to get some teaching on my resume from New York, and yeah. um, very very rewarding. I like it a lot. What are some of the common struggles that you see in here in your in my lessons? lessons? Yeah. Well, a big thing. With younger singers is is helping them realize that their the lower part of their body has a lot to do with their voice, which is all the way up here in their mm-hmm. head. So it, it really is about getting people comfortable and connected with their body, which is really just a lot to ask in general. Yeah. You know, it's so fascinating for me to to see to. I'll I'll tell them you know you it's down here you need to breathe here, but when I can really see it see it connecting and I love the first moment when you can see the sound and the support connect and it's like their whole body and they 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 said that was the weirdest feeling you know because so many times they're just singing up in their head and they're not their larynx isn't connected to their support you know it's just you know everything up in the head and when I can really help ground that and help them realize singing is really your whole body 
that's helping you really make that that sound it's or just the lower part of your body they I just love that's my favorite part but it's hard my favorite part is is when I can have the monologue a song you know with a lot of support um almost like Shakespearean in a way which is how what, what Birdwell was doing with me when I was back in the yeah t- what is what does monologue a song mean this, well she, she just has me she had me say the song but really as she, well she had me say Shakespeare first which was so interesting and there's a certain weight to Shakespeare yeah and power in those words and if you say it really from your core and you and you really mean it and I tell my students you need to say it like you were a Shakespearean actor or like 2,000 years ago and there was no microphones and they have to hear you that's not too far off from singing hmm. if you really speak that because the breath will be there the support yep. will be there the vow will be there and that's singing so sometimes I'll try that approach and it's really great for me when the when the singer was struggling so much with pitch and placement and breath when I can just do that and Really, a lot of times that will just click, and they just, this liberated freedom of, I can just communicate and express myself and sing now is really great. What does being a teacher teach you as a performer yourself? Uh, well, it teaches me to trust the things I was taught, because I'm reinforcing that when I'm, when I'm working with them. You know, I give these students these songs, and I had so many songs when I was younger that really influenced, and I'll never forget, like... When Love is Kind, or like these old folk songs that really, when I think of, I can sit my, see in a room, sit in a room and see where I was in seventh grade, and I know every word to that song, and it really takes me back to the seventh grade. Hmm. And I wonder, while I'm teaching them these songs, if that, if they will do that one day. Because uh, you can see the songs that they latch on to and that yeah. they love. And I, 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 I don't know. It was like, a, it was like, a, it's just a part of, it's just a chapter book of your past, those songs, you know. And, and every song you think of, you, I can be like, that's eighth grade. Or that was this year. And, you know, it's so personal. The, so well, the songs I pick out for them are, they don't know it, but they're, I think a lot about the material that I give each student. This was is what's so interesting about my teaching. I teach in Bronxville, New York, and I teach in Brooklyn. And in Bronxville, I, I don't know if you've been, but it's very fancy. But all the singers that come to me have very classical instruments, naturally. Hmm. And in Brooklyn, it's the last stop on the two train. And they don't have a lot of money over there. And they all come to me and they belt. So I spend the whole time teaching each of them the opposite so I can help round them out yeah. as, as, as performers. You know, uh, it, it's really fascinating. There must be a book about that. If not, then you have to write one. When I hear a strong classical voice at a young age, I immediately start asking questions because that doesn't just... That, that, a strong belt voice can be there, but a strong classical voice cannot. And I say, do you sing in church? You know, and that's usually... That was what happened for me. I didn't, I didn't know every Wednesday and Sunday when I was singing all those hymns that, that I was actually building my instrument at a young age. No. I had no idea. But it was a, the essential part of it because it's a muscle and it must be developed. And it was getting exercise and it was becoming developed, but I wasn't aware of it. Right. And so many times when they do have a nice instrument like that, 
it's being developed in some way that they might not be aware of. Like that. Like church. At church. That's the first place I look. Or synagogue. Oh, or synagogue. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we, we should, we should, don't, don't forget to include everyone. Yep. The Tony Awards are in a week. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, yes, they are. They are in a week. So I was just kind of curious to get your thoughts on where you think musical theater is and where you think it's going and where you'd like it to go. Yeah, uh, yeah, sure. Because you're, because Tiff, Tiff's voice has so many voices in it, but it's she, uh, one of the most cohesive voices I've ever heard. But you know, Tiff has a beautiful soprano, but belts and mixes and can can really do anything and I think that's why she is such an asset to us musical oh, theater writers thanks, Joel. Um, her abilities are really limitless and um, I'm kind of curious where you see things well, from your side when Bridges of Madison County closed and I, it was all over Facebook <laughs> yes everyone was like a, all was like everyone this, was writing this like, eulogy everyone like, was like you yes, know save were. it beautiful and I, show and I was like wow what what's going on here? And I thought that is a show for the New York theater community. That is literally a present for the New York theater community. Every single person that I really respect was so behind that show. But the New York theater community alone cannot keep a show open on Broadway. Is what I started reality. to think. Yeah. Because what keeps a show open on Broadway is not just New York. It's the country, probably also the world, yep. lots of tourists. And what do they go to? Well, they go to what they know first. Uh-huh. And if they have a, a fourth day, they might ask around. Yeah. Am I right? You're absolutely right. <laughs> Uh, so, I think it's essential to have a variety. I think that's the goal. I think as many as many musicals on Broadway and as many working actors are in them, that's wonderful. Let's keep doing that. Yep. And the more options we can give all these wonderful tourists, the better. The better. So, I really do support all styles. My only... You know, request would be that it's well balanced. Sometimes you see a little more blockbuster Hollywood, Las Vegasy musicals mm-hmm. than others. Uh, but I do see the need for all of the above. Stephen Borelli, what is coming up for you? Oh well, uh, well I let's see. Next week I begin shooting my first TV movie. Oh my goodness! I found about this on Facebook, and Did I'm you? so angry that that's Listen, how I found it's, out. It just happened. I just got it like a what? couple days ago. What the heck? What is so it? So I'm playing Candace Mossler in A Crime to Remember. It's on the Discovery Channel. It is a, a real life crime series where they take one story and do it for the whole hour. And my episode is titled Candace Mossler. And it's, um, it's a true story about uh, crime in the 1940s, 50s, and 60s, all period piece. And it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I shoot next Tuesday through Friday. I don't know when it airs, but I'll keep you posted. And then June 9th, I leave to go to Camelot. I play, oh. playing Guinevere at the Gretna Theater. Hooray. With a wonderful cast uh, for the month of June. And then in July, I'm going to do my way 
at the Depot Theater. You're a busy girl. I like to be busy. (laughs) I know you do. I wanted to say, because you talked a lot about uh, when opportunities and people fall into your lap, but I also want to say that you work really hard. You know, I I, I guess I do. My husband said the other day, I think musical theater is 50% talent, 50% perseverance. And then I told my friend that today, and he said, I think it's 20% talent, 40% who you know, 40% perseverance. And I said, you might be right. I don't know. (laughs) I'm not sure. But I do think perseverance is a big part of it. Uh, You know, I... When I was at OCU, they had me give advice to students on this film with Will Mann, our friend Will Mann. Will Mann. And my advice was, you know, I know people think they're doing the responsible thing by giving themselves like a two-year... Window. What is the word? Time frame. I wouldn't call it a window. They call it a (coughs) two-year, like, timeline. That's that's the word. And I, I don't think... If you're really in this, you can you can really do that because fate has such a hand in it, and being in the right place at the right time has such a hand in it, mm-hmm. and and there's so much that comes into play, and maybe in two years you're just starting to cover some real pavement. I mean, this is New York City. And yeah, two years is not a lot of time. To this do is where anything. you come. Somebody said, "This is where you come." Because you think you're one of the best of what you do. You don't come to New York because mm-hmm. you're like, I'm all right. I'm going to go there and try to be all right. You. This is where the people of the world who wanted, who who really want to be the best at something, this is probably why they come here. Cause, and they compete with people who are so hungry and so talented. This is where it is. And, and you know, you got to, you got to stay in it. And you got to keep learning and you gotta find your way Ron Rain said the goal will always change it's the journey so many times I hear when you're done performing and you're ready to teach or when you're done performing and you're ready to be a mom I still hear that <laughs> and I think is that what you do? You, you're done? Per- Who can do that? Yeah. It's like, you I know can't what? do that. Yeah. I really cannot do that. I will never be done performing. Yeah. I really, maybe when I'm 89, maybe. But like before that, I, I don't think I could ever say those words. And maybe that's what they mean by if you can do something else, do it. Because I could never say those words. I'm going to be done performing. I could never even think those words. And that's what my podcast uh, is meant to embody is the to to fight that myth that if there's something else you can do, you should go do that instead. Instead, yeah, do both. No, do it. Do it all. Yes. It's okay. We interrupt this podcast episode to bring you a concert plug. Uh, I am sitting here via Skype with my with my good friend Bill Coyne. Bill Coyne, how's it going? Oh, Joel, it's great. It's great to be here, and I'm sorry to interrupt the uh, incredibly talented and very beautiful Tiffin Borelli's podcast. I know you guys are all waiting with bated breath and hanging on her every word, so I'm, I'm sorry. And we'll get right back to her. Uh, but I wanted to talk a little bit to Bill because he is producing this 
uh, concert at 54 Below on June 12th, of which I'm a part, called Muse Match 2. It basically came out of this idea. I was talking with my roommate, who's a, a, a very talented actor named Jeremy Morse, and um, we both... You know, we both work with a lot of new composers. Uh, we both work with Joe Iconis and some other people. And, um, you know, we were just talking about, like, how great it is to be able to bring your voice to something new. And also within that, you know, there are a lot of people, composers, who work with the same artists over and over again. And I thought, you know, I don't think the form is developing and expanding the way it could if people were just kind of thrown into some not necessarily uncomfortable circumstances, but variables, like being paired with someone you didn't know and actually really having to write for them and get to know them and build a relationship that's new and with the intention of pushing the work into a, a, a different territory for both artists. So that was kind of the, the inspiration behind the evening. I really cannot even just go into how much of an impact the last concert had on all of the artists. I mean, it was crazy. All of them started talking and developing and creating and the act of creation kept going, which was really inspiring and cool. And 54 is really great and we got a great response and the programming people asked us to come back. And so I'm really excited this time. And uh, the last time the the beneficiary of the concert was uh, the Boys Club of New York and we promoted a lot of awareness about the work that the Boys Club does and we raised a lot of money for them and this time around um, the charity is called Zara Ina and one of the singers in the concert is Bryce Pinkham who is uh, the star of Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder on Broadway and uh, Bryce founded this company with Lucas Caleb Bruni who's uh, another actor, they're both clowns and. Uh, Lucas had been to Madagascar and saw a community that he could help. And so he basically, without knowing how to do it, just said, I'm going to do it and figured it out. And they started a uh, not-for-profit that brings educational supplies and theater uh, to empower the at-risk youth in Madagascar. So they went over uh, last year and just kind of figured it out and uh, they had a huge impact, and they're looking to go back this August, and they have a big show coming up at Joe's Pub in in um, in July as a fundraiser, and so I'm just really trying to raise as much money as we can to contribute, and I'm actually really interested in joining them over in uh, Madagascar to be one of the artists that goes and works, so I'm working on my own capital campaign for that right now, so if any incredibly a wealthy and generous folk happen to be listening you want to reach out to me you can find me on the interwebs and uh well i'm honored to be a part of it and i can't wait to see what the other writers come up with yeah it's going to be really great we have a really varied and uh rich community of artists and everybody was really uh everybody was intentionally selected um for their variety of talent you know we have people from all different you know, people from BMI, people from the uh, NYU Grad Music Theater Writing Program, mm-hmm. some uh, actors who just started writing. We also have so many uh, awesome donated goods and services to raffle off. People yeah. have been so generous. It's amazing. Um, Mike Ruckles donated a voice lesson. He's the uh, associate conductor over at Gentleman's Guide. Xanthi Elbrick, who's a phenomenal 
uh, headshot photographer donated a free headshot session. Amazing. Um, we've got a whole bunch of stuff to raffle off, and it's all, all of the proceeds, again, just to hit that that salient point home, all of the proceeds are going to go to the charity. So nobody, everybody's donating their time, uh, the musicians and the artists, and it's just going to be a really awesome, heartfelt, beautiful evening and I'm not going to take my Xanax so I'll probably be very fun over the uh, the mic as you can see <laughs> so, and, yeah. so this is happening on Thursday June 12th yes. uh, at 11.30pm so everyone take your yes. power naps so you can find tickets at 54below.com and um, you're also pretty alive and well on social media yeah our twitter handle is at musematch.org and uh, we're releasing all kinds of videos and sharing uh, all kinds of posts from artists who participated in the last few. I have a video with Bryce coming out kind of talking about his charity. And uh, yeah, it's just a really awesome, uh, heartfelt night. It's really about the community we're serving. And I really, the, the biggest thing, the kind of mission statement of this whole thing is to get people back to the heart of the art. Well, it sounds like a really fun evening. I can't wait. I'm so excited to be a part of it. Uh, so make sure you go to 54below.com, June 12th, 11.30 p.m. Bill Coyne, 54below, Muse Match 2, Zara Aina, Bryce Pinkham, good luck at the Tonys. Well, I look forward to, I mean, obviously I'll see you with the sound check, but uh, I will see you at June 12th at 54below. Absolutely. Thank you, Joel. All right. Thank you. So, so Tiffin, uh, now comes the quiz. Oh no, I'm afraid have to... of this No, quiz. you're going to be great, you're going to be great. This quiz comes from funtrivia.com. Oh, you didn't make it? No. You found it. I found it. Great. Let's um, do it. And I should also say that I never vet these quizzes, so I have no idea what's in this quiz. Okay, great. Wonderful. Neither do I. All right. We're going to play an untimed game, because I don't like the stress. All right. You ready? Yeah. Is it in Oklahoma? Question one, is the National Cowboy Hall of Fame in Oklahoma? Most definitely is. Correct. Yes. Is there a place called the Cadillac Ranch in Oklahoma? Not that I know of. The Cadillac Ranch? The Cadillac the Ranch. The Cadillac Ranch. Not in Oklahoma City. Maybe in the other parts. I'm going to go with no. You are correct. Yes. I knew it. Would you find Harvey the Giant Rabbit in Oklahoma? My dad would have a better idea, but I'm going to go with no. You are correct again. Thank you very much. He found at Harvey's Marine in Aloha, Oregon. There you go. Is the boyhood home of Mickey Mantle in Oklahoma? Yes, it is. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Did Southwestern Bell Bricktown Ballpark open in Oklahoma in 1998? Oh, dear. The exact year? They're asking me if it's that year. I don't know. Well, I know it opened. Let me think. You know, probably. That sounds about right. We go with yes. Okay. God, I don't know that year. But you're right. Good. Okay, good. Congrats. Good. Known simply as The Brick by locals. Great. Yep. As you would know. Mm-hmm. Is the, I'm going to butcher this, is the Washita Battlefield National Historic Site located in Oklahoma? Washita, ba- what is it, a battle? Washita Battlefield National Historic Site. You know, I don't know about a battlefield in Oklahoma. I'm going to go with no, just because I've never heard of it, honestly. 
Incorrect. Shoot, I missed one. Located in Cheyenne, Oklahoma, the Washita Battlefield so National <laughs> protects the lands where the southern Cheyenne village of Peace Chief Black Kettle once stood. Okay. It's fair. okay. It's That's just one. It's just fair. one. It's, it's fine. Fair. It's fine. Yeah. You're still winning. Okay. But you have to get this right. Are the gal- are the galleries of landscape photographer Clyde Butcher in Oklahoma? To be honest, I've never heard that name in my life, so I'm gonna go with no. You are correct. Butcher has two galleries, one in Florida, both in Florida. Okay, great. Uh, three more questions. Okay, I missed one. It's okay. It's I know, okay. but I wasn't sure. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> the, cho- the, the, the good news is that you kept moving on. Yeah, okay. Is there a famous area known as the Greenwood District in Oklahoma? Oklahoma State? Just Oklahoma. You know, Greenwood I've, never, District. I've never heard of it. I'm going to go with no. I could be wrong. You are incorrect. Known as the Black Wall Street, the Greenwood District in North Tulsa, Oklahoma, gained national recognition for attracting business from all over America. Sounds interesting. I'll check that out. Please do. Yeah. Is the grave of Samuel Prescott Bush in Oklahoma? Who is that? I don't know. Is he related to the Bushes? I I would assume so. The Bushes? The... Samuel Prescott Bush. Well, I've been saying no, but they've been wrong. But I'm going to say no again because I just don't know. Follow your heart. Person. Follow your heart. And you would be right. Phew. The grandfather of George Bush and great grandfather of George W. Great. Wonderful. Good. These are tricky. Final question. Okay. Is Oklahoma the home of the Roy Rogers Dale Evans Museum? Yes. Are you sure? Well, um, no, I'm going to go with no. It's a no. That is correct! Oh, God! Yay! <laughs> that was very, very tricky. It's just been a long day. So did I pass? You absolutely passed. Well, you got two? Wrong. Two-ish? Yeah, two wrong. We'll, we'll say two. two. Yeah, two wrong. We'll say it was two. Goodness, those oh, are tricky. Math. They those really were. tried to trick me. And yeah. the thing is, is when I didn't hear of it, I couldn't mm-hmm. be like, yeah, that's there. Because I really had never heard of it. And half the time, they were tricking me. They were tricking you. It was very tricky. But I think you did very well. Thanks, I did. I, Eight I, out of ten. I, not I'm bad. I'm proud of where... I'm proud. That, you should that, be proud. Oklahoma proud. Uh, now comes the time where we set up the song. Um, and I wrote a brand new song for Tiff. Uh, called Tavern, which uh, is a poem by Edna St. Vincent Millay, and I wrote the music, uh, accompanied by Ivan Oriana on acoustic guitar with nylon strings, we learned. Um, I This is not my first Millay poem. I've set a few, uh, but I set another one uh, named Travel, particularly for Tiff and Ross's engagement present. Uh, and that song has had several incarnations since then. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, hanging on my wall. It is hanging on her wall, which is probably my finest accomplishment. Um, <laughs> but uh, the song has also been performed uh, in my concert of uh, poems set to music uh, called In Others' Words, which was at Ars Nova a year or two ago. Uh, let's see, uh, the, the Something New, the concert, the first podcast concert last year, we did it there as well. And then I arranged a trio version for yes, you and, and Jennifer, Jennifer Sanchez, Sanchez and, and Will Mann yes, at yes. the triad last year. Yes, yeah, uh, yes last year. Yes. <laughs> Which was really fun. Yeah. I often ask my guests, uh, what would you like to sing? Um, and she brought me 
this poem. Well, we both love Millet so much. We do very much. And and this one, I don't know. This one always it's one. It's really my favorite. It's your one. favorite. And I I just sort of sent it to you. I was like, look yeah. at this. Look at my favorite poem. And it's not every day you have you have a best friend who also loves the same poet. Uh, very much so. And and knows how to make it into a beautiful song. Another nerdy factoid. Um, I even got to use his capo on the guitar. Yes. It's my first. I did not write, I should say, I did not write this song at the guitar, which to Ivan, to, to which Ivan said, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, um, I'm pretty pleased with it. Uh, remember, if you like Tavern, it's available for free download on my SoundCloud page. That is until the next episode goes up. And if you'd like to request sheet music, you may write me at joelbnew at gmail.com for a free PDF of the lead sheet. Uh, be sure to download Something New Volume 1 for free on noisetrade.com. Tips are donated to the Human Rights Campaign. Follow me on all things social media, and you may find those links and so much more on joelbnew.com. While you're there, feel free to click on the PayPal donate links uh, on the podcast page. Any and all contributions go toward production costs and are supremely appreciated. Make sure you visit tiffinborelli.com. Yes. Uh, make sure you like uh, the Core Artist Ensemble Facebook page. Yes, please. Yes. Uh, subscribe to, rate, review this podcast, tell your friends all about it. Uh-huh. Special thanks today to uh, Peyton Royal at Website Lines. Oh, I love Peyton. I do, too. Uh, Stephanie Layton at Red Scandal Graphics. Uh, John here at Ripley Greer VoiceOver Studio, who's just a really, really friendly guy and helped um, set up uh, the booth exactly the way we needed it to. So thank you, John. Uh, and another thanks to Ivan Oriana for accompanying us today so beautifully and so uh, just generously. Yes. He's wonderful. Uh, he's with the New York Guitar School, and you can check out that school, which is my, I guess, alma mater, uh, nycguitarschool.com. Uh, Ivan was my first guitar teacher. Uh, and last but not least, Tiff and Borelli, thank you so much for being on my show. Well, I'm so glad to be here. It's It's been a wonderful time in this cute little red room. From the Ripley Greer voiceover studio, this is Joel B. New. And Tiff and Borelli. Saying thank you for dropping by for something new. Oh, oh, oh.
Oh, girl. 